Welcome to another edition of By the Numbers here on CKCC Radio, Monday morning, 9 a.m., Referee Matt Derline hanging out with you on what well, hopefully is a day off of work for all of you being Columbus Day. I know it is for me, thankfully, and I think it is for my guest tonight, this morning, whenever you're listening as well. Um, the next couple weeks, um, we're getting into some of my arch rivals in wrestling between this and the A show, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But tonight on the show, in ring, one of my rivals, out of the ring, one of my closest friends, <laughs> Coach Sean Calvin. Sean, welcome to the show. Hey, man, it's awesome to be here. And yeah, you are, you are probably one of my greatest in-ring wrestling rivals and outside of the ring. I love you, buddy. So, <laughs> And you may be thinking, so wait a minute, Matt typically interviews wrestlers on By the Numbers, not, not managers. But that's okay, because managers have a story to tell as well, and Sean and I have plenty of stories to go over. Before we do that, though, Sean, uh, give our listeners a brief introduction to yourself. Uh, uh, sure. My name is, well, I go under coach Sean Calvin. I have been a manager in wrestling since 2016. And um, I'm pretty much, you know, the last three years I work solely with uh, Kit Raff, who is awesome. And have you ever had Kit on here? I have. I had uh, him and Kita, and when we did that, Kita was on video the whole time and pretty much gave us, like, a tour of Los Angeles as he drove home from wrestling training in Burbank and then was just, like, talking to random people in his apartment building. (laughs) It was was really funny. It it was great to have – because I don't get to talk to Kita a lot. He's a busy guy with many important things to do, so – and, and awesome. Kit's fun as well. Oh, I love um Kit is a great dude, and obviously I love Kit. Kit is uh Kit is basically at this point. I was going to say the only person I manage, but then I also do stuff with Mike Mitchell. So um yeah, because it's like I find in wrestling, I have I enjoy it more, and I have more fun. Like I guess like when I'm with people that I like, so I like being around Kit and I like being around Mike and I pretty much do the best work I can do when I'm around those guys. And, uh, it's been, um, it's been an interesting time from like 2016 to current. I have so many things that we'll get into. Um, <laughs> and, and right off the bat, especially, um, we are starting at the GSW Turkey Bowl. At the GSW Arena in Old Forge, Pennsylvania. This was November 11th, 2017. It's match 977 in my book. And this leads to a debacle like you would not believe. Um, it is team backbreakers being Justin Glory, Harzang, and Peter Doors taking on the Coach Fit team. And this is going to sound... Like a really weird coach fit team because it's Cyrus Mars, Rod Wilder, and Johnny Papatopoulos. Yeah, um, at that point I was managing Rod at Backbreakers and I was transitioning over to like working at GSW as a manager. I was the ring announcer, uh, where I 
famously pronounced your last name as DeLorean one time. And um, <laughs> that's, just, that's one of my favorite stories, like, because I had to go out and I had to introduce your sister. And I'm like, how do I say his last name? Because at this point, like, I only knew you basically from being a ref. Like, we weren't really, like, close yet. So I'm like, how do I say his last name into the headset? And Chris Decker, like, says Duraline back. But, like, I can't hear super well out of my right ear. I'm partially deaf, so I just hear, like, Dororan. So I'm like, I think he said DeLorean. So I just was like, Rebecca DeLorean. And then I just hear in my headset, Duraline, Duraline. And I'm like, oh, sh- shit. So. And what's really funny is, like, she had been married for, like, three years at that point, And her last name is Johnston now. And I'm like, Rebecca, it's so much easier. <laughs> Johnston, that would have been so, so better. But, um, like, I, I stopped being a ring announcer. I transitioned into managing. And at that point, they needed a turkey bowl team to just fill a spot. So it was Rod who was just kind of doing his thing at GSW. And then um, Cyrus Mars and Johnny Pop, who were Fuchsia Fusion. And they, uh, they were two guys who wore pink. That's about the extent of their whole shtick. Um, I, I mean, I love, I love both those dudes, but that's about as much as I can remember about Fuchsia Fusion, and that's probably about as much as they ever covered. Um, so we all kind of got put together, and it was, it was bizarre. Like, like, we all wore pink that night. I had to go out and find pink, like a pink shirt and a pink hat, and oh, oh my god, it was a mess. So, the match is the match. Right. But the aftermath. Let's talk about the aftermath and what this all led to. Mostly, I mean, completely a backbreakers. Yeah. So so in the match itself, what had happened was I had done an, a spot where I had to go on the ring, and I was supposed to try to hit a diamond cutter, which I was, like, doing at the time for a completely different thing that never, like, panned out with uh, Pat. And I ended up hitting the diamond cutter on Johnny Pop. So then Justin Glory comes in and hits a stunner on me. And match ends, whatever. We get to the next night, and Justin Glory is about to come out, like, with his team for the match. And I need to – we basically – we work it out where Glory wants me to come out in a neck brace and – you know, I love Justin Glory. I gotta say this, like Justin Glory trained me. Justin's awesome, but this whole thing was a debacle. And if he hears this, Glory, come on, you know it was a debacle, brother. Um, so I have to come out in a neck brace and serve Glory with papers because he had injured me with the stunner. I my papers were documents for an appliance from Johnny Toxic's apartment. Um, <laughs> Because Glory just was, like, looking for papers, and he found these papers he handed to me, which I realized upon getting out to the ring that they were that. I would then serve those to Justin Glory, and he would be taken away by security. And while he was leaving, I decided that I would just kind of be funny, and this is what led to led to the shit show. I was, like, cutting a promo, and I was, like, Justin Glory, like, he kicked my dog, and he hit my wife and he burned my, lit my car on fire. I was just like trying to be funny and he gets taken away. And then, um, Justin decided that at backbreakers, we should follow this up with a court case segment. 
where I was taking him to court over hurting me and kicking my dog and hitting my wife and lighting my car on fire. And so at a backbreaker show shortly after the Turkey bowl, I believe it was in December. I would have to be involved in a court case, which, uh, so I first I had to film a promo, which I would punch my wife, who was portrayed, who I, ironically enough was played by Adina Steele, who is now dating my buddy Kit. And, um, which I is weird to, because yeah. she had been on so many backbreaker shows as a referee at that point. Yes. And she also was a ring announcer for GSW. So, and most people, enough people come to the backbreaker shows. That they know who my actual like shoot wife is. <laughs> so like, they see me with like this, you know, like, like her name is Heather and they see me with this redheaded woman quite often, like after shows or like sometimes I'll like, you know, I'll shit talk her in the crowd because it's like people know who she is. So it was weird enough. And then, you know, I had to kick a dog and I had to punch myself and he CGI flames on my car. And the whole thing was, it was, it was a bit much. And it led to this court segment, which took up nearly 20 minutes, 20 or more minutes on a backbreaker show. And it involved Justin Glory, myself, Aaron Roxas, who at the time had already debuted, but then they, like, because I had done a skit with Aaron before he had debuted, they brought him out as the character that he was from the skit, which made no sense whatsoever. <laughs> um, this whole thing, while this was going on, Brad DeMeo was doing commentary and was recording this this whole thing because, like, he needed to send it to me so that I can so I can see it. and. Uh, then for the segment, Niall the Wild One, who, great kid, I love Niall, has to be my lawyer. And Niall was just, like, not really into this, so he kind of came out and just kind of sat there and just looked like he did not want to be part of this, and I don't blame him. And it was a lot of really bad comedy that didn't connect. We played that video, which I was not thrilled with, you know, at the time it was whatever, but looking back on it, like maybe making light of like punching a woman in the face, like not great. Um, and ultimately, uh, this whole thing ended with me being found guilty, I guess. And then security, which was Rex Taylor and somebody else dragging me out and tasing me, which the best part, actually, this was the funniest part of this entire thing. Um, they had a fake taser. And the plan was to play the taser sound over the speakers because, like, I was not going to, like, be legitimately tasered for no money. So <laughs> I can't imagine why. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, because, like, somebody was like, hey, like, we can tase you for real. And I'm like, no, because um, I don't get paid for this. So I'm not I'm not getting tased for, like, for free in front of, like, 25 people. So it was a fake taser. They took the batteries out. They tased me and the one of the kids one of glory's students was working the soundboard wasn't paying attention sees that i'm getting tased then hits the button so the tasing is done they pick me up and handcuff me and all yours over the speakers <laughs> so oh, i'm like indie wrestling 
Yeah, I'm die. Like I'm like trying not to laugh because it's hysterical. Like that goes off. My shoe fell off. I broke the handcuffs, which they weren't real handcuffs. Like you know, they were um like gimmicked handcuffs. I broke them because I was struggling too much. Gloria was not thrilled that I broke his handcuffs. I did. I did make it up to him by giving him my neck brace to keep for future neck brace segments. So, um, and yeah, that is what that entire debacle led to. Were you there that night? It sounds really familiar, though I don't remember being there for the court case. I feel like it was, let's see, that happened in November. I, it had to be in December because what had happened was when we had filmed like a quick side note, when we had filmed the skit, I had to punch myself off in the face. And I, I'm, you know, sometimes I'm a bit of a method actor. So I legit punched myself in the face. And upon doing so, um, punched myself in the eyeball, which caused underneath my eye to swell up with a big black and blue mark, like in all yellow and gross looking. So at the December GSW show, Eric Pinhat was taking promo photos and my promo photos were useless because he could not Photoshop the yellow off of my face because I <laughs> full blown punched myself in the face, which to this day, like, and rightfully so, Glory's like, why did you punch yourself in the face? And it's like, well, I wanted it to sound good on camera. And Glory's like, I told you there was going to be no sound. And I'm like, uh, yeah, you did. My bad. So, <laughs> so like in this video, like, if actually, I believe it's been since been removed due to like the fact that it does contain things that now are not great. So you can't find it anywhere anymore. It used to be on the backbreakers YouTube. You would see like me punch myself and I like just full blown. I just shot at myself just right in the face. Um, yeah, unfortunately the courtroom segment and the, uh, the segment before, unfortunately I say <laughs> they have been removed from YouTube as, uh, you know, uh, years had passed by, and upon looking back on them, both Gloria and, I, and myself agreed that these uh, these are best to remain as tales to be told and not videos to be seen because they uh, they were a mess. Um, and I don't – I'm trying to think. and I don't even think I got to manage anybody on that show because I had been arrested. I think Rod had, like – Rod may have had a match for the, like, title on that show, and I just didn't get to manage Rod because I was – I was quote unquote arrested. So at, at that point too, I had kind of wanted to take a bit of a break from backbreakers because that was right around the time I was starting to manage Kit and Kit wasn't doing anything at backbreakers anymore. So I just, I kind of wanted to go do some stuff with him and get a little bit of a break from backbreakers, kind of reset my reset my brain a little bit creatively and, you know, I ended up with Kit and that worked out pretty well. And with backbreakers, they kind of went through a little bit of a reboot by the time I had come back. So it worked out for the best in the end. It did. And that actually transitions us into the next match we're going to talk about. We are in Tawanda, Pennsylvania. It's match 1005 in the book. And we won't touch on the story that everyone tells from that day. But there was a match that day for the GSW Adrenaline title because Kit Rath was moving to California and we had to get the belt off of him. Yep. So 
it was Kit Raff defending the GSW Adrenaline title against Cloudy, LJ Thomas, and Joe O'Connor at Northern Tier Wrestling, match 1005, on May 20th, 2018. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, um, for, <laughs> I remember this match um, very well. Uh, Kit, he did, he did lose. He lost to Cloudy, which uh, I believe... I know, I do believe, by the way, that that match is no longer considered canon. So, I don't know. I don't think I don't think it counts anymore. <laughs> should there should there be like a GSW one night there one more night too or whatever? I think Kid is technically still the Adrenaline Champion, mainly because of just you know just the circumstances of that match. Like, I mean, it was the match itself wasn't bad. It was fine. Um. You know, Kit, Kit, Kit's a great worker. Kit is so good. Um, Cloudy. I, I don't, I, I think that is the only time in my experience I've encountered Cloudy. He was a nice dude. You know, it was fun. I've known Cloudy forever and ever and ever. Like Cloudy and I have worked shows in so many places together. We were in Chikara together. The first time I ever roughed a match of his, he threw up all over the ring. That's awesome. Uh, we were in Schenectady, New York at World of Hurt Wrestling, and he wanted to wrestle Turner for a half hour, and that was not going to happen just based on how much Cloudy threw up. But <laughs> I remember this day for a couple reasons. Um, the show did not have very good attendance. It did not. <laughs> um. And it was in the gym at, at the uh, Tawanda High School, and it was a nice place. Uh, the drive was awesome. It was such a, a nice, like, relaxing drive. And then we got there, <laughs> and it no longer became relaxing. I will say this, um, to coaches' credit, uh, Rob Cook was on the show, and Coach used to have a whistle. And Rob's son has autism. And in a small room with an echo like a gym and a whistle, the whistle did not really agree with Lucas at all. So his wife pulled me aside and she's like, hey, can you tell him to not use the whistle? And the next thing you know, coach comes out for the next match, no whistle to be found. So... Definitely good in that front. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, honestly, it's so funny. I still actually do, I actually still do have the whistle, but it's kind of at this point, like, it's something that the only time it really ever gets blown <laughs> is, like, in my my entrance with Kit. Otherwise, like, I kind of just got, like, I, honestly, I, from, like, the second day of using the whistle, like, my second time, had got like had enough of said whistle, so it's kind of at this point like it's something I keep just because it's associated with like the start of my gimmick and not like necessarily what my gimmick has morphed into, but it is so it's really something that doesn't. But yeah, on that show, like you know, I was asked not to blow it anymore, and it's fine. It was a small, small building. Um, there wasn't like I said a ton of people there other than his family. Um, I like Rob Cook, by the way. So that was another like you know, like he's Rob's always been a good dude to me. I've never had any issues with him. Like, 
Um, it's the same with the match. Like everybody in it was super cool. I thought like everybody was nice. There was some like one or two like weird things that like in the planning of the match, the kit was like absolutely not where, um, somebody wanted to do a diving move on the kit and kit was like, no, nah, I don't think we're going to do that. Um, <laughs> so because this person probably shouldn't have. Eh, maybe, maybe been doing said dive. So that was like, there was that. Um, actually my ride up there wasn't bad. I rode up with, J- uh, Johnny Moran and Kit Raff. And the, I think the best part of that, like the actual fun part of that show was before the ride up, we had stopped at the U.S. Mart in Duray, Pennsylvania. And it's this little tiny gas station. Um, and Kit, goes inside to get a monster energy drink and he's like, I'm going to get like a chicken cheesesteak. And I'm like, do not get food from here. And he's like, no, nah, you know what? It's, it's going to be fine. No, I'm like, I'm no. telling you. Yeah. Like do not, I'm sure you know what place I'm talking about. Like <laughs> I'm like, do not get food from here. He's like, it's going to be fine. So he gets this chicken cheesesteak. He eats half of it on the way up. He is sick. By the time we get to the building, his stomach hurts. He doesn't feel good. He's like, why did, he's like, why did you let me eat that chicken cheesesteak? I'm like, I told you not to fucking eat the chicken cheesesteak, kit. So like, you know, he, he's doing his match. He's like already sick and he's, he's grumpy. Um, and that was just great. And after the show was over, he goes home and he messages me and it's like two, three in the morning. Like, and he's like, so I ate the rest of that chicken cheesesteak and I feel like garbage. Don't ever let me get food from there again. I'm like, you know, like, I'm so, you get you get a chicken cheesesteak from a gas station that's like not like a Sheets or a Wawa. Like you're, you're kind of rolling the dice, buddy. That was on you. Um, I did not even know you could get a chicken cheesesteak at the U.S. Gas and Durier, but <laughs> I would never think to do that had I known that they had hot food. Like that is the last place I think. Like, there is a really overpriced Chinese restaurant over by the Weiss, <laughs> like a half mile over. I'd probably eat there before I ate at the U.S. Gas. I'd probably get a chicken cheesesteak from the Dollar Tree in the Weiss before I'd get a chicken cheesesteak from the U.S. Gas in Durier. You, um, you can get a lot. Like, <laughs> the U.S. Gas, man, it's got, it's got every, that is what, like, Kit learned that day was, um, because they have, Standard, like, drinks and snacks, but then they also have knockoff hats. Uh, they have adult materials, which I didn't even know, like, gas stations still sold. They just have an entire rack of collected adult material, like, multi-packed. Um, they have a, they have pizza, they have chicken cheese, they have a bunch of food that I just, I would not eat. Um, I would get, I go there for, like, gas and, like, a like I would, I'll sometimes grab a bottle of water, which you know they did not bottle. But he uh, he rolled the dice on a chicken cheesesteak and then went and wrestled Cloudy and LJ and had that match and then you know <laughs> and then regretted his life choices. Yeah, regretted his life choices because he did he did have to as we know like you know he had to maybe threaten somebody to get his money. So uh He's not alone. Uh, so, we we talked earlier about how you left Backbreakers, and I left Backbreakers for a little bit, too. I was really only going to Backbreakers on a, 
when it fit my schedule basis. But one day, Eric Pinhat had an idea. And, and that leads to the next three months worth of stuff here. So, match 1026 in the book, it begins. We are at the Backbreakers Training Center in Archbald for all of this. Uh, the first is Coach Fit being Rod, Carver, and I have it written down somewhere. Obviously, I have a book that has this stuff. Um, so it's Rod, Carver, and Niall. Oh, right. Um, against, against Blue and Gold and Harzang in match 1026. And then we go to March 23rd, matches 1038 and 1039. Rod wrestles Denny and Fuego. And Carver wrestles Demetrius Raid. That was March 23rd, 2019, also in Archbald. Yeah, so we'll, I'll start with the first one there. Um, yeah, Niall was Niall the Wild One. He is a performer at Backbreakers. He is diagnosed with autism. Um, he's such a great kid. He does such a great job when he's in there. Like, he always is having a lot of fun. And he's a, he's a very natural baby face. So naturally, they decided, like, we should make him a heel because that's, that's what we do. Um, uh, they just, just kind of wanted to try him as a heel, the booker at Backbreakers. And, he kind of got paired with us. He was not happy or comfortable with it, and it made it a little difficult. So we had that match, which had originally been set up. It was supposed to be blue and gold against Carver and Rod, and then Niall was supposed to just work Harzang, and they just kind of went with making it a six-man tag is what it ended up on the show. Or somebody was supposed to work Harzang and somebody, I don't remember the exact specifics. I guess that's not as important. Um, you know, they had that match. Uh, you did, you ref that match. I think I, I remember that match mainly for the fact that I had ended up getting pulled into the ring and blue and gold hit their double knee on me, which was, was fine. And then Harzang, hit his somersault, he does this senton somersault thing, and just lands all, like, 280 pounds of himself right on my stomach. I wanted to kill him. <laughs> he, <laughs> to this day, when I talk to him, I still bring it up. I'm like, I hate that move, and you just dropped all of your weight on me that time, and it sucked. Um, that was the start of the, the I believe, the storyline. I think we were, did we... Is that where we, like, started to bully you, or was it the next one? I know, like, we started to kind of... We started here, and then really ramped it up, because you blamed me for the loss. Right. And then we started to build it up, and we got to March, and then Rod loses to uh, Infuego. And Carver wins, but somehow you're still angry at me. Yes, that's correct. That is correct. So we had to, like, take some creative license on how to get there. But it's okay. Because at the end of this night, you guys come out 
to beat up Squid, I believe? Yes. And for no other reason other than because. (laughs) And I'm in the ring. And the next thing I know, you're beating me up. And Carver is beating me up. And Eric is taking pictures. Eric Pinhat. Puts down the camera, gets in the ring, fights you guys off. So we're having some fun. We're building this thing up. And then the whole point is that Eric texted me and said, let's have a match. I'll tag with you. You don't have to do anything. (laughs) I was like, sure. And he goes, wait, really? (laughs) Because he didn't think I was going to agree to do it. So this is Eric's return to wrestling is coming in to make the save while you guys are beating me up. Yes, I do remember that. And, oh, my gosh, I cannot remember what Eric did to me, but it was so it was so funny. Like, he, I think, like, oh, he clotheslined me in that, like, to save anything. And I'll never forget it because, like, he, like, he didn't nail me with the clothesline, but for whatever reason, I decided to, like, really bump on it. And I just, like, ended up, like, landing on my head and just spiking myself. <laughs> And um, I was like, I was super excited. I wanted to work. I wanted to do a match. So that worked out. It worked out pretty well that, like, it had gotten set up. Because I think earlier in the year on my Facebook, my coach Facebook, I posted, like, a list of, like, people I wanted to work. And then Eric had mentioned about wanting to, like, have another match. And I think I commented on his post that, like, hey, like, I want to work a match, man. Let's do it just as a joke, and then, like, it's great how it worked out, where, like, um, it actually kind of, you know, it kind of happened. We, uh, because, I mean, it's, there's really not much to cover, but, like, like, Fuego and Rod was fine. It was a Fuego and Rod match. They did their thing. Um, and then Carver and Demetrius was, it was, uh, it was fine, too. Like, those matches, they happen. They're on Fight TV for anybody who wishes to watch them. There's Backbreakers has some episodes on fight TV or you can go on YouTube and you can watch those matches for yourself and whatever you get out of them, you get out of them. Um, it was, uh, the reason why, like we had come out to beat up squid. You said for, so the, I never wanted to be like a super like serious heel. I like kind of wanted to be like a jokey, like heel, like nothing like, you know, and, the booker at Backbreakers really wanted to do, like, this idea of, like, this, like, heel team, kind of like a NWO-type thing, and he decided to go with Team Coach Fit. And why he thought, like, a team comprised of Rod Wilder, who's, like, one of the best, like, local comedic wrestlers, and then Carver Cross, who, like, wasn't really, like, a comedy guy, but was, like, kind of just, like, a juggalo. Um <laughs> I'm sorry if he hears this. I just said just like a juggle or whatever, you know. Sorry, Carver. Uh, uh, <laughs> he like he's gonna message me and be like, "Fuck you." No, but uh, like it just it never really made sense to me. I was super thrilled with the chance to get to have the match though, so that was that was pretty cool, and um, that was really what this was building towards. It was for Eric to make a comeback, but then get him set up on the path with Brad and, you know, you got to have a match, man. So 
Yeah. And I remember trying to sell this to people at work. Like I am, I work in Scranton and Backbreakers is in Archibald. So I'm like, ah, so maybe some people from work will come check it out. And I'm like, listen, I am teaming with my friend Eric and I'm wrestling a coach who is not athletic and a juggalo. (laughs) Like, and I'm like, huh? Huh? You want to come see that? And nobody from work came. And I, I remember Glory gave us free license to do whatever we want. He did not care. This was our baby. We could do whatever we wanted with it. And I remember he's like, I want to make you the main event. Because he thought a lot of people were going to come out and see us. Yeah. Meanwhile, my daughter, Avery, is only five at this point. And I'm like, <laughs> there is no way. She's making it to the main event. <laughs> there's there's no way at all. And boy, was I wrong, because they stayed all night. So I apologize to Glory for being incorrect about that. But I was like, can we just be the first half main? So that way, like, Ashley can get Avery out of there. <laughs> um, and Glory's like, oh, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Uh, so we filmed some promo stuff, and like that was a good time of me uh, working on my, my stunner, uh, which became my finish. And I was even, I even went to glory. I was like, I know this is your finish. Are you cool with me doing it? And he agreed. He's like, thank you for asking. You didn't have to, but thank you for asking. And by all means, go right ahead. Right. Uh, so we do the match. And thankfully, Nearly 20 years in the business, I, I've not wrestled a match, but I, I know how to put a match together, and I know what makes sense. And we had a concern that Avery was going to freak out if I got beat up. <laughs> so Eric took the heat, and hindsight being 2020, I should have gotten beat up a little bit, at least, because, one... I didn't want to, I didn't want the perception in the locker room to be Matt is wimping out on getting beat up. Despite the fact that I let you guys beat me up the month before. Right. <laughs> um, I didn't want there to be that perception. Secondly, Avery would have dealt with it just fine. <laughs> um, we really overestimated the amount of fear that she would have if I had gotten beat up. But. We we did this whole thing, and we got Decker to come ref it, which meant a lot to me, because I trained Decker to ref, and Decker is Avery's godfather, and, like, it was really cool. And Image came out, Joey Image was our manager, and that was yeah. really cool. That was awesome. I love Joey. Like, I, Decker's great, too. I love Joey Image, though. He's, like, one of my favorite people. And the match was a match. Um right. There were times where we got a little off track. We got a little off base. And, I mean, it happens, especially when you've got two guys who it's their first match. Uh, But, and Eric's first match in a while. But it worked. It got the reaction we wanted. And then it brought Brad back. And it was off to the races for the Diamond City War Machines. Yeah, I am... Ah, man. It's like, there's so much, like, with that match. And someday I have, like, I don't know. I 
I'll have to tell like the full, full story, like from my end. I, I've touched on it a little bit on another podcast and I'll touch on it briefly here. I going into that match was not in the best mental state. So at that point for that match, like I do have some regrets with that match. I was 364 pounds. I was insanely overweight, out of shape. I currently am just to like put it into perspective. That was I was 364 for that match. I'm currently like 299. So I've lost like lost a great deal of weight. Um just mentally I was not doing well. I had decided like but I need like I had committed to the match. It was going to happen. I went into it. I when I see the match, I just I have such a hard time watching it because I do. I look rough. Um if anybody ever if anyone looks it up again on Fight TV, Backbreakers YouTube, yada yada yada. I do. I look rough. Um I did have to Eric did take the heat and Eric God bless him told me to like punch him for real. And I punched Eric for real. Um and I did leave a converse footprint on Eric's head, which I felt super bad about. Um and the match itself was it was fine. We you know, we did it. We got to the ending, which was like led to Brad coming back. Um Carver did his part that he needed to do. Um you know, I enjoy I enjoyed like getting to have that match. I've since like gotten to have a second match, which I feel like, you know, went pretty well too. Also involving Pinhead. It seems like it seems on my nemesis list it goes like you and then Eric Pinhead. I have the most bizarre nemesis list in pro wrestling. <laughs> um so you know, it was uh it did lead to Brad's return. I did enjoy I did enjoy the fact that like you got to have that moment with Avery in the crowd and she got to see you, you know, win. Um you did kick me in the balls before the stunner. I did, and that was purely accidental, of course. You no, know, no, I know. It's so funny. Like, um, Looking back on it, like, we have that great photo, which, you know, if you hop on my or mine or Matt's Instagram and scroll through, you'll see it. It's me, Matt, Matt's foot buried right in my balls, which, um, you know, to be, again, like, I had kicked Pinhat in the head, so, like, I totally deserved to be kicked in the balls for kicking Pinhat in the head. So, you know. Um, it's I love the cover the- art for this episode, by the way, that photo. Oh, well- Oh, even better then. So there you go. Like everybody listening to this on Columbus Day, uh, check out the cover art. You can see that there's that lovely shot. I love the, I, that picture is funny. I actually do really love, it's one of my favorite pictures, the picture of you giving me the stunner just because it's so, it's so cool. And it's honestly like, you know, it's awesome. Like you got to hit the stunner on, you know, this loud dickhead, which me and you guys like, you beat us, like I said, in front of your, in front of your wife, in front of Avery, in front of like uh, some of your friends were there. I know, like image. <laughs> I, 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 I beat you in front of your wife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, my wife was there. Too. My wife was there. My best friend Anne was there. Um, one of my good friends from work was there. Uh, I actually, I actually had quite a few friends that were there. Um, I'm sure, like my friend Randy was there. Like. My friend Corey came with his children. Um, John Ibach was there. Like, 
who enjoyed watching me get kicked in the dick. So, um, so that was, uh, yeah, that was fun. Um, it's still, it's still funny. Just like occasionally Heather just has to laugh about the fact that I got kicked in the dick, but, um, it was, uh, it was a good ending. Like I said, like you want, you guys won and Brad came out and cut his promo, which like was awesome. And I think like, honestly, like, as far as babyface storylines go in indie wrestling, sometimes like indie, it goes without saying indie wrestling, at least on like the level around here, doesn't always have like awesome storylines just because it's the nature of the beast. Like things don't always run monthly. I think this was just a fun storyline for getting Brad and Pinhat reestablished and like just giving you guys that like awesome babyface moment because you guys were like. You, you all have been around here doing shows and this, like people, people knew you, like, even if like not everybody there was like a friend, people in the crowd, they know you guys because they've been coming to shows and seeing you guys for years. So to me, it was just, it was cool to just be part of that moment. So. And hindsight 2020, I petitioned to lose that match. Yeah, I never knew that. Oh yeah. Um, I definitely. I should say hindsight 2020. That's not the right phrase to use there. <laughs> but I petitioned to lose that match because I didn't think it made sense for me to win. And I didn't think it made sense for the story for me to win, especially with Brad coming back. That's the bigger comeback. Brad and Eric coming back is the bigger story. But Eric insisted, and you guys insisted, that I get the pin, and I'm like, this makes no sense. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll do it because you guys are telling me to. But I, I, I fought it. I was like, I should lose. I'm a ref compared to wrestlers in this match. I should be the one to get pinned to build to the bigger moment. And I get that. I mean, on the like, you did pin me. Had you pinned them? I guess had you pinned Carver, it wouldn't have made sense, because up to that point, like, Carver had not lost a ton of matches at backbreakers. But, like, I, you know, I that was my first, like, official – I say, like, that was my first match. It was my first, like, match kind of match. I've been – before that, I had done a few battle royals, and my <laughs> my battle royal record is, is not great either. So, like, the fact that, like, you beat me, it makes sense, because my ability to, like – my ability to fight has clearly been demonstrated by all the times I've been tossed out of battle royals almost immediately or, or like beaten by several men and then tossed out of a battle royal. So like it, you know, it worked. It was, uh, I feel like if we would have won, I'm not like, I don't know. I feel like, I don't know if like, cause the chain of events, it did lead to like the next match, like with, um, the match with, uh, they had after with Pinhat and Brad back together against Carver and Rod. And, uh, that was their whole big, like, they had that big, like, hardcore match with the door and fighting outside and everything like that. And it was, uh, probably the best match Carver and Rod ever had. So it did lead to, like, you know, that now, I mean, at this point, Brad and Eric are still running strong. They're the backbreakers tag champions. They're on 
local indie shows constantly. So like it did, I mean, it did have a payoff that to this point is still running. So yes, but I did fight to, to lose that match, which is funny to say. So we get through this and it's time to take a break and we'll come back with the post confrontation portion of our show. It was sent to buy the numbers here on CKCC radio with coach Sean Calvin. It's the most successful independent wrestling promotion of this generation. It's the place where the stars of today made their name. Now get the inside story of Ring of Honor from those that lived it with an honorable mention. Join Ring of Honor alumni Shane Hagedorn and his co-host Jeff Schwartz as they break down a classic Ring of Honor event every Tuesday and get the -the behind-the-scenes scoop and inside stories that you won't hear anywhere else. An honorable mention available every Tuesday on your favorite podcast platform. For exclusive bonus content, plus early ad-free access to every show, check out patreon.com slash an honorable pod. Nine Plus Us presents the Baseball Together podcast with your hosts, Blackjack Brad and Kansas City Little Big Briggy Blue Eyes. Weekly episodes for the entire baseball family where we talk all baseball all the time. Available on all your favorite podcast apps and on YouTube, Come join our baseball family where we do baseball together. Hi, this is Anthony from the IWEP Network. We're a collection of weekly podcasts that vary in all different types of topics. We can be found on all social media, as well as any podcast or music app that you may use, as well as YouTube. We go live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch every Friday and Sunday. Here's a lineup of our five shows that you may be interested in. Interviews with Everyday People. Interviews and conversations on a positive note and just getting to know each other. Everyone has a story. Bangin' Beers podcast, beer reviews, hanging out with some friends, and much more. Truth behind illusion. Are you into ghosts, monsters, conspiracy theories, and more? Then this show will be for you. Tornado Tag Podcast. Pro wrestling stories, news, and show reviews. We love supporting indie wrestling, so come check us out. Not Cool in High School Podcast. A pop culture show where we cover movies, television, comic books, and video games. A weekly topic. So come hang out with us. We would love to hear from you. Follow us on all social media, and we'll see you soon. Greetings, folks. Do you like beer? Do you know who I am? Maybe not. My name's Kev, also known as Irish Kev. And then my dear friend Rick and myself actually really were supposed to have a cool promo for our beer review podcast known as the Hooligans of Hops, where Rick and myself take you through a drunken journey of all of the beers that we try on a scale point twenty five to five being the best. We talk about the best and worst beers we've had on the show. In between, you hear sports banter, some wrestling, and I don't know anything that happens when we get drunk. So check out our show on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple iTunes, Buzzsprout, and anywhere you can get your podcast sources. We'll try not to get drunk next time and do something for you. But here's the promo. Thanks. Greetings, wrestling fans. My name is Peter DeLong. And if you're looking for quick, easily digestible nuggets of pro wrestling goodness in an episodic format, 
Look no further than Wrestling Shorts with Peter DeLong on YouTube. Join me as I highlight different wrestlers or promotions worthy of your attention. Each episode features wrestlers, teams, and stables that deserve the spotlight, upcoming events in your local independent wrestling scene, or anything else interesting in the world of independent wrestling. Listen in as I run down the must-know info to get you familiar with our subject du jour. And then sit back and enjoy a related match featuring delectable custom commentary by yours truly, including some exclusive footage you won't be able to find anywhere else. Get your wrestling fix in bite-sized episodes with Wrestling Shorts with Peter DeLong. If you have personal footage, an upcoming event, or a product in general that could benefit from being featured on Wrestling Shorts with Peter DeLong, feel free to shoot me a message at PeterDeLongTalks at gmail.com, Peter DeLong on Facebook, or Twitter at DE underscore talks. The Nonther Sports Podcast is the home of sports talk for everyone. Every other week, you can catch David and Jason as they talk about all things sports. From current events to classic moments and everything in between, you can find the Nonther Sports Podcast on Anchor.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, and more. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Back here on By the Numbers on CKCC Radio, Matt Derline, Coach Sean Calvin, hanging out with you on a Monday morning, and we have just completed our tag match against each other, and we come back together one more time at Backbreakers. This time we're at the Falcon's Nest in Mayfield. This is match 1045. It is June 9th, 2019, one of two times I worked at the Falcon's Nest, and it's Coach Fit, Carver Cross, Rod Wilder, taking on, they were called... The Sons of Darkness? Oh it was Danny and Fuego and Aaron Roxas. Yeah, I remember this match too. This uh It was like it's so funny, like I don't know what I don't want to get like I won't get too much into it, but like Carver had an issue with Aaron Roxas, which I to this day don't understand. And I if, forgot like, about I, that. Yeah, uh, it like it made things very difficult going into this match, and to this, it's something I don't understand. Like I had done a like bit of a podcast talk show thing at Backbreakers briefly, and I had Aaron Roxas on, and we had talked about it, and even like he just he never understood. Like I could never really get Carver to explain it to me. Like at this, I mean, and at this point, like I'm. At this, like, current day, I'm super close with Aaron Roxas. I talk to him every day. But, like, at this, at that time, like, I really didn't know him super well, but I also had, like, no ill will towards him. Like, I don't know, Carver acted like Aaron had burned his house down or something. Like, he just, he hated that kid. He had made a promo that was very scathing towards him and Fuego. It was, uh, it made things really difficult to plan the match because Carver... And just it wasn't he wasn't clicking with Aaron. And I mean, to Glory's like Justin Glory's credit, Glory tries to like fix these things. And he was just kind of like trying to work with Carver, work with like Fuego and Roxas, like just to make sure everything flowed and worked out. And they had the match and the match was fine. Uh, I think was that was that the one. Cause I don't, I, I like, they had a couple matches and they were close together. Was that the one where C.R. O'Malley had debuted? 
I think it may have been. All right. So I, um, yeah. Okay. It was all right. Um, so with that one, it is funny. I, and I had cleared this with C.R. O'Malley before. So like this, I want to point that out before I tell the story. So I don't sound like I'm a dick. Um, so in like real life, anyone who's seen C.R. O'Malley knows he's got a bit of a limp. Um, cause he's got like a medical issue. I wanted to kind of like mock that because I'm a heel. Like, so I wanted to, when he came out and be like, Oh, I remember you and like limp over towards him. So I cleared it with him. He was like, that's awesome. Go for it, man. It's like so obvious. I'm like, cool. So he comes out and like, I'm like, Glory wants me to be like, I don't remember who you are. And then like CR O'Malley is going to like do his stick. And I'm like, Oh, I remember. So I say, Oh, I remember. And I limp over. I didn't tell Glory I was going to do this. Justin Glory drops his head into his hands and is shaking it. He was so pissed off at me. <laughs> and when he found out, like, it was cool. Like, we'd worked out. It was, it was fine. But, like, because Glory, Glory's awesome with, like, you know, stuff. He doesn't, he just doesn't want people. He doesn't want drama with people. So, like, he just, and there was already enough drama with Roxas and Carver. So, like, he didn't want more, but there's, there was no drama with Ciara O'Malley and I. We had worked that out. And that was, like, that had led to him with them. They were called the Sons of Darkness, which, you know, was, when you said it in shorthand, it was Sod, which always cracked me up. So I would go to, like, Lowe's or Home Depot. I wanted to see the giant signs for, like, Sod. And I just would be like, oh, hey, there's, there's their headquarters. Um, <laughs> that, like, that name, to this day, like, Eric. And Roxas and I will talk about it because he was like, he's like, you know, like we tried it out. It didn't work. Like, and I said, that's in that, I, you know, I tell him like, man, that happens. Like not, you're going to try things. Like you may end up in a team with like a clown and a cougar hunter and that's not going to work either. Like, um, and wrestling things don't always work. Uh, I remember that match. That was, yeah, that was one of the last times you were at backbreakers, um, which always bummed me out. Like we've, you know, we always have, like, for the most part, we've got pretty good refs who have come in, and uh, some of the students ref, and they do a pretty good job because, like, Glory does a good job of getting them ready. But, like, you know, I always liked having you around, man. You were my favorite ref. So, Thank you. And I, I, for the most part, enjoyed being there. But circumstances led to me no longer being there, and that's okay. Um, I will say um, – I now very much remember where I was when I found out about the Carver Roxas thing. I was, I, I came out of a subway we I, on the way back from a Mets game, and my phone started going off with all these different people telling me what's happening. <laughs> and, like, I'm in Manhattan, and I look down, and I think I'm with, like, Image and Decker and AJ, because they would go to Mets games all the time, the, th- the four of us. And I was like, oh, shit's going down at Backbreakers. <laughs> oh, yeah. Previous, yeah, previous to this match, there was, um, there was an incident and it involved Carver, it involved Carver and Rod and Bateman, Alexander Bateman, and then Roxas, Molson, and Fuego, and there were steel chairs and kendo sticks, and, like, I, like we had started coming out with kendo sticks, which I never liked. I'm not, 
I'm I'm kind of like a traditionalist in the sense I'm never big on like weapons and things like that. It's just not big. people like that kind of thing. I'm not. It's not my thing. It's fine though. And um, we were hitting people with kendo sticks, which I was never super into either. And I would get like, I would get shit from like people who are like, you're not swinging that super hard. And it's like, it's like I don't want to like hit people with kendo sticks. Like it was never something I enjoyed. And um, it was, there was an incident with like Carver and Roxas where a little bit of a legit flare up happened involving the kendo sticks and the chairs. And I had to get like, Carver and Rod to get out of the ring and Bateman and Roxas and there was like some, you know, a little bit of like heated tempers on both ends and again, to Justin Corey's credit, Justin always does a great job of kind of de-escalating things and he he had worked it out to the point where they were able to work professionally with each other, but like there was just always, even working professionally, Carver just, he didn't like Aaron and I don't know why and it might have been a personality thing, it might have been because Aaron is young and Carver, like Carver is relatively young too. And maybe just like, I could never, I could never figure it out. I'm like the old man, like I'm 35 years old and I've got like an angry, like 21 year old and an angry, like 24 year old or 25 year old, however old like Carver is. And I'm just like, hey, guys, just, you know, now looking, it is funny now looking back on it, like Roxas just kind of laughs at the whole thing because it was, it was silly. It's wrestling drama, which is like my least favorite thing in professional wrestling or independent wrestling, whatever. So likewise, <clears throat> Ooh, excuse me, but there's no drama in our next match. Um, it is GSW one night only meep day because real life is for March. <laughs> it, it, it is February 29th, 2020. I always make that 30 Rock reference whenever I talk about this show. <laughs> it is match 1104, Kitrath and Adina Steele one-on-one. This match was fun. This, oh, one of my favorite matches ever. Absolutely. Um, probably, like, I, because at this point, I had, like, previous, the previous October, which was in 2019, I had taken a break from just independent wrestling altogether. I just needed a mental break. And I was like, I'm going to take a break. I'm just going to, like, relax. I'll figure out when the new year rolls around what I'm going to do. And my plan was to take, like, a very long break. I didn't want to, like, get back as quick as I did. I wanted to be off for close to a year. And then, like, I had talked with Justin Glory about this, and I was, like, going to just take some time off, do some, like, Behind the scenes things at back, back behind the scenes things at backbreakers help glory out with promos and running social media and like cool and my plan was that was it and then I found out that Kit Raff was moving back so like I'm like oh well that's cool and then Kit Raff was like all right I'm back like let's go and uh, I was like well all right so I had gone to a show in Altoona with Kit, and I just went to watch. I went down with him and Brad and Eric, and I just watched, and then Kit was like, we're doing another one a month later. Like, you're just bring your gear. You're going to manage me. So, like, I'm like, I don't know. Like, I just, I was burned out. I just didn't, I wasn't feeling indie wrestling anymore, but I I went, I brought my stuff because I didn't, I didn't have to drive down. So I figured, all right, cool, brought my stuff, put my gear on, went out with them, 
And just as soon as I had gone out with him, it just, it felt like just this great feeling, like it clicked, like we, we were back at it. And that led to, actually it was that night that Brad and Eric had told me about, um, and Kit about like John's plans to do a Johnny Toxic to do um, a GSW reunion show. So like, I was like, okay, that's awesome. And I, I messaged Toxic and was like, hey, man, like, you're doing a GSW reunion show. Is, like, Kit on it? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, I'm, you get to manage Kit, right? And he's like, absolutely. So I'm like, awesome. That was, that was all I needed. Like, and, uh, yeah, I remember when I found out it was Kit and Adina, I'd gotten super excited because I always wanted to do something with Adina Steele. She's awesome. Like, she's such, such a great person and she's such a good worker. I, um, I'm not just saying this because she's dating Kit. I really do like Adina a lot. Um, so I was super excited. And then, then I find out you're reffing it. So like, it's even more perfect. And the thing I always remember about this match is how we planned everything except for one really important thing. <laughs> so Adina is pinning Kit. I count one, two, and you pull me out of the ring. And this was where the cutoff happened. And you and I are arguing on the floor, and it's really 30 seconds into arguing, and I think it hit bo- hits both of us at the same time. We were never given a cue as to when to stop arguing. <laughs> no, we weren't. <laughs> so I, I, we just kind of look at each other like, how much longer are we supposed to be doing this? <laughs> and uh neither of us knew. So eventually it was just like, I'm just getting back in the ring because this is getting awkwardly long now. <laughs> it was it was fun though. It went to it got like that great picture where I'm pulling you out of the ring, but it kinda looks like I don't know what's happening in that photo, but like that's another great one to look up on on either of our social medias. Like it's just um I don't know. It looks like we're dancing or something. I or I'm staring at your booty. I don't know what's going on in that picture, but it's amazing. Like, yeah, you posted a couple weeks ago, and I think I remember saying, "I know what you're doing here, but what are you doing here?" I like I that show. Like I said, I love that show so much. Like I missed GSW. It was awesome getting to be back with all those people, and then like yeah, that match of all the matches. I've done, if I had to like rank them, that's probably like definitely in the top three. It's funny. All of, all of my top matches, they all involve it, but like that's definitely like up there because like him and Adina, they killed it. The crowd was super into it, which was awesome because there were a lot of children in the crowd. And, um, Adina's a star. She's just, she's great. Like, and, uh, yeah, that was, um, that was awesome. I got, I got kicked in the face by Adina, um, which uh, I think my favorite, one of my favorite parts about that was like, she was pretty like, kid had come up with that spot. She was terrified of doing it. because She was afraid of kicking me for real. And I'm like, look, if I don't turn my head, that's on me. Just throw the kick. Like, you know, like, and if you kick me, you kick me. And um, she um, got me right in the chest, which was perfect. Cause it was, there was, big wide chest area of mine. And uh it looked like in the picture in the video of that from that match, it looks like she kicks me in the head, which is, you know, 
Sorry, I'm getting a little inside baseball here. Uh, we don't actually that's, get that's, kicked in. That's fine. It's okay. <laughs> you know, like I, I don't know if I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I, I don't know if that's a shock for anyone listening, but we actually don't get kicked in the head. I'm sorry to let you know, but um, I they heard the other first. That's right. It's gonna be all, all over the, all over the dirt sheets, brother. Coach Calvin exposing the business, but um. I think the other fun part about that show, and I think you were out there for it. Were you were you a ref or at least present for the Battle Royal they did? Yes, I was. Oh, so you were there. My favorite thing, I got to interact with uh, Coach Skull very briefly, um, which I haven't ever gotten a chance to do. Um, and I think it led to one of my favorite things ever because he comes up to me and, like, we just kind of have to, like, you know, go at it just to get that little bit of a fun moment. And he goes, you didn't come to the weekly coach meeting. And I lost it. Like I, (laughs) and I'm like, I was busy on Wednesday night. And he's like, the coach meetings are on Tuesday night. We've been over this with you. Like, and that was probably one of my favorite things ever. I'm laughing about it right now. Like what a great, like just a great line to approach me with. Like you didn't come to the weekly coach meeting. I'm like, motherfucker. This dude rules. Like, <laughs> like that's su- that's such a Kev thing to do. Like, what? What a like? I mean, I've since then like talked with him in like other like places, but like, what a funny dude and what a great line and like, I like we just had to like you know go go at it for like thirty seconds is what I was told to do and like I. The entire time was trying so hard not to laugh because he was just on this like coach meeting bit and how I wasn't there. And if I don't come to the coach meetings, I can't be a coach anymore. And oh, it was, it was amazing. Well, that's how Kev is everywhere. Like behind the scenes here, a month ago, my wife threw me a super soft birthday party, like on Letter Kenny, because I turned 40. And coach was there and his wife was there. And Kev came up from the Lehigh Valley where he lives. And he was just on, even then. Like, Kev and my dad are, like, strangely close, which is really funny. (laughs) Like, he's just, like, walking around like, oh, look at who's here. He's saying it to everybody. (laughs) Like, like, he's, he's joking around with, like, my mom, which is always funny. I'm surprised he didn't tell the story of my mother denying him a second plate of potato salad at my college graduation party 18 years ago. Ah. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> Kevin, why don't you go sit down? My, um, Mrs. Coach absolutely enjoyed him because he was just he is, he's such a delight. He's such a funny dude. Like, he, um, yeah, I, like, I, I wish I would have gotten more chances in wrestling to interact with him because I think, like, him and I probably could have had, had a lot of fun, especially now given, like, like, I'm, at this point, I'm called, like, Coach Sean Calvin because, like, it's just, it's a real pain in the ass to just start using a different name. Um, but like my gimmick is like, I'm like, I'm a personal assistant for like, I'm Kit's personal assistant. And when I'm like with Mike, I'm basically just like Mike's buddy. So like, I'm really not even like, it's like, I'm not even a coach so much as like, it's just, it's the name I used. And, um, I, and I've already made t-shirts. So I'm, 
kind of kind of committed at this point. So <laughs> speaking um, of being kids' personal assistant, so literally a week after this show, the world shuts down, or two weeks after the world shuts down. Yes, which is why. It's only eight matches later in the book that we work together again. But there's this whole global pandemic thing. We got a dog. You love our dog almost as much as your own. Oh, I love her so much. She's my favorite. I mean, second to your dog, of course, I'm sure. Oh, well, yeah. Well, I mean, my dog is like, he's my, he's just, he's, he's like, just, he's the king. Like, he's, he's my favorite, like, in my house. But outside of my house, I mean... Like, oh, I was going through my phone today and I like I have from that party alone, like probably 15 pictures of Venus. And like, (laughs) because like I like I'm such an animal lover. And like, if you take me somewhere where there's a dog and if that dog like does simple dog things like sit, I'm like, oh, my God, you're so perfect. And that's like basically Venus would like sit and I'd be like, you're the greatest thing ever. Like, because I. And she's such a good girl, too. I feel, I, you know, I'm still shamed because I did, I touched one of her paws, and she, like, does not like that. So she had oh. hidden her, she had then tucked her paws underneath her and turned her back on me. And, you I'm, know, I'm, and all. I'm sure you have a chance to make it up to her soon. But <laughs> as we came out of the pandemic, which we're still in, um, yes. shows began again. And we found ourselves at the Sanctuary Stunt Studio. This is match 11-12 in the book. Like I said, only eight matches later, four, uh, 16 months later. It wow. is June 27th, 2021, and Kit is wrestling ECW original Carnage crew member H.C. Loke. Yeah, that was um, that was awesome. That was a lot of fun. The I guess, you know, really quick, the sanctuary for people who might not know it's the Sanctuary Stunt Studio. It's a what they do. They refer to it as stunt fighting. It takes place in a wrestling ring, and it is choreographed wrestling moves. But it's stunt fighting. You know, it is. You know, it is what it is. With that, um, that is run by John Trotsky, who used to wrestle under the um, name Supremely Great. Uh, Trotsky, I love Trotsky. He's a great dude. He, he's um, super awesome. He's always been super cool with me. And uh, Sanctuary is pretty much at this point like my second home. Like it's like Backbreakers and Sanctuary, the two places that I do the most stuff at because they're the two places that currently Kit Rath does the most things at because Kit's just kind of kind of doing his own thing, which I like. I kind of roll with it. So he was, yeah, he worked HC Loke. They had planned the match. It was super easy. I didn't have to do like, I didn't have to do too, too much, which was nice. You know, they went in, they had a great match. You were there, you reffed it. <laughs> um, I mean, it was, it was fun. Was that, was that your first time, second time at Sanctuary? Like how many times? I don't think you've been at Sanctuary too many times. Have you? Uh, it was my first time there. And my second time there, we'll get to in the plugs coming up in a little bit. Um, because I haven't been back since, but my schedule is so sporadic because I do dad stuff more than I do wrestling stuff that, like, I don't get out there a ton. Like, I was just out this past Friday night at True Wrestling, which was a blast, but 
now I won't be out again till the sanctuary show we're going to talk about in in the plugs coming up. All right. Yeah, like I um I just yeah, it's just, I kind of like I have life stuff too and like with rest like wrestling is something I really I do love and I enjoy but it's also kind of um it's not my main focus which you know, I just I'm I'm 30 37 years old. I'm not a wrestler on the manager and I just I kind of like I choose the people I work with like I mentioned earlier because number one it's fun and number two because it's like they kind of just go with the flow and that's kind of how I am I wouldn't be able to be with somebody that's doing like like Brad and Eric and um Roxas like those guys are on the road like constantly like they're doing shows Friday Saturday and Sunday sometimes and like Mad respect to all those guys. I love them all, but like, I would not be able to do that kind of schedule. Just my life at this point, like wrestling isn't my, it's not my focus and it's not like something I can devote a ton of time to just because like I've got other stuff going on and other things on the horizon that I've kind of have to focus up on. But like what I like with Sanctuary is that it's, you know, it's close to my house. It's in Hazleton. I live in like Luzerne County, so it's not like a super far drive. And I, I kind of get to go down there. I get to work with Kit. Trotsky gives Kit a lot of freedom to do his own thing because he trusts them like that. So it's, uh, it's pretty cool. I missed a bunch of shows because in real life, Kit does have, Kit has a job besides professional wrestling. And, uh, cause you know what? You, <laughs> Turns out you can't pay your rent on uh twenty dollar indie wrestling and forty dollar indie wrestling shows. So Kit does have a job which kinda took him away from Sanctuary, so I kinda disappeared, but it worked out well because I in real life just was feeling like burned out with stuff with my job. So I was like, Cool, I get a little bit of a break, so I will be returning to Sanctuary very soon. I'm sure whatever you're gonna plug is probably I'm assuming something I'm in. And, um, it is. Uh, so that would be Smash. Ah. So getting into the plugs here, November 21st at the Sanctuary is a show called Smash. And there's a lot of really cool stuff happening that day. And most of it's not announced as of recording, and I don't know when they're announcing what, so I'm not going to blow up anyone's spot on this. But it's right. no ropes. Uh, knockouts or submissions, I believe. Yes, and or strikes just and knockouts. I think submissions. I think it's knockouts, submissions, and like strikes are encouraged. Is like the what I remember. There's a po- that's like what's on the poster. So, um, there are no countouts um, as long as you are within the guardrail, and it's gonna be. Something like I've never been a part of before. So I'm excited for this one. I I feel bad that I haven't been back since June, but things get really busy. (laughs) And um, Avery does a lot. And like this past Friday, when I was at True, she had a soccer game rescheduled for Friday. So it was the first time I ever missed a game. And I am super bummed about it. Because I have not missed a single soccer game. Wow. And 
if it had been Saturday, she wouldn't be at the soccer game because she had an Irish step dance competition, so she wouldn't have played, and we all would have missed the game. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, dad stuff, um, there's a lot of it to do. Or, like, True Wrestling has a show coming up on October 23rd, back in the Berwick uh, Salvation Army. I'm not going to be there so that we can go do false stuff as a family. By then, the temperature may even reflect that it's fall. Who knows? Yeah, that's um, that's kind of what, like, I've been, like, doing is just kind of starting to do fall. As soon as, like, fall stuff was, like, even an option, like, Mrs. Coach, like, jumped right on that. So I, um, I've been kind of doing it. Like I said, it worked out because Kit hasn't been wrestling at sanctuary shows. Or stunt, I'm sorry, stunt fighting at sanctuary shows. <laughs> um yeah, I'm excited for that Smash show. I know that Kit Raff is on it, and I kind of know what Kit's going to do, and I'm not going to say, because like I said, nothing's been announced, but it's it's going to be really, really awesome, and I think people are going to really enjoy, you know, everything on it. I, I like, had seen the poster for that show, and I'm, like, I see that, like, Kit and Rosh are, like, responsible for it, and I immediately message Kit, and I'm like, please tell me, like, you've like factored me into this with you. And he's like, of course. And I'm like, all right. Like, so I'm, uh, I'm excited for that. I, I guess like I can, I guess I can just plug what I'm doing. I, uh, I, let's see, October 24th, I will be at sanctuary for their show on that day. And then in November, let's November 6th at the Falcon's nest and, Mayfield, Pennsylvania. I can just rattle this off because I'm always writing it on social media. Um, uh, Backbreakers is doing a show called When Worlds Collide 4, and Kit Raff will be facing Ken Andrews on that show. So I will be there in Kit's corner. I'm, uh, I'm excited for that one because it's, you know, just I get to be with Kit, and I also get to watch Kit kick Ken Andrews in the face, which is Always a good time. So, hey, I'll, um, I'll sign up for that. That's cool. Yeah. Like, you know, like, he's, I am, like, I'm excited. Like, Kit's going to start kind of doing a lot of cool stuff at Backbreakers, and that's the start of it. So, um, again, that is November 6th, uh, 2021, Falcon's Nest, Mayfield, Pennsylvania. If you hop on the Backbreakers Facebook um, you can find a link to buy tickets and more information on that card. Like I said, Ken is wrestling Kit and Mike Mitchell is wrestling Rex. I'm not managing Mike because he's a face there, but I just feel the need to plug his match because it's, it's Mike. He's my boy. Um, and then November 7th is the season finale for the Sanctuary, and Kit will be on that match in a six-way or on that show in a six-way stunt fight match thingy, whatever. <laughs> but I will be there. <laughs> Managing kit, and then of course, yeah, Smash is November twenty first, and that is for now what I have what I have coming up. Um, so I'm sure there'll be some other things here and there, but probably not because December any year with December, I'm a huge Christmas nut, so I always like try to avoid doing anything in December because I like to I'm big on the holidays. <laughs> and and shows coming up for promotions that I work for, but I'm not going to be at for different life reasons. Uh, we already mentioned October 23rd, back at the Berwick Salvation Army, True Wrestling will be returning. 
And then November 6th, also the same day as that Falcon's Nest show, Excite Wrestling returns to the X. One-on-one, Sean Carr and Matt Cardona. Ooh, that's that's going to be a good one. Um, also, um, LSG uh, defends the Excite Wrestling International title against Anthony Green. And there is a tag match with, oh, hold on. Because H.C. Loke and uh, formerly Stockade, now Cade Lothbrock. I- I'm sure I'm butchering his name. I'm sorry, Stockade. <laughs> um, but also on that show, where the hell is the card? Hold on. So, the awakening of Cade and G-Raver will take on the Carnage crew of H.C. Loke and Masada in the Steel Cage match. And Big Time Bill Collier defends the Excite Wrestling title against Colby Carino. Oh. So lots of stuff going on at the X that day. If you want to go buy toys from the collectible store next door to the X, make sure you do it before Cardona gets there. <laughs> That's <laughs> because- true. Because I don't know what they'll have left after Cardona's done. Um, where can people find you on social media? Um, they can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It is the Sean Calvin for each and every one of those. Um, because it just makes it easier. Um, I'm pretty much the most active on Twitter and Instagram. My Facebook page exists just to kind of plug stuff, but like, you know, give it a like. Um, you can find me on all of those things. Like I said, you can see me on the things I mentioned. And um, I mean, yeah, just like everybody, like go out there, go to like indie shows, have fun, like have a good time. Cause that's, that's what indie wrestling is about. Like it's about having fun. Um, I, I love it. I love being a part of it. And I love hearing stories about fans. And um, if you find me on social media and you ever go to a show and you had a good time, let me know. If you had a terrible time, let me know, too. Can't That's really do fair. much other than apologize. But, like, <laughs> you know, I have, I have had people be like, hey, man, I went to this show and this was terrible. But, I mean, I just like to hear from people. I love interacting with people and talking talking and getting to like know every single person whoever buys a ticket or comes out to a show because I appreciate even though I'm a heel and I'm kind of a dick bag and my character I do appreciate every single fan every sing- any every single person who follows me on social media who comes to the shows booze cheers whatever I appreciate everybody and I love them all agreed um two weeks from now by the numbers will be back who knows who will be here um, we didn't even schedule this interview until like three days ago, <laughs> but, but that's okay. Uh, next week on the A show, Kevin the Man Graham joins us. Um, Kevin has still not told us what we're drafting, so I hope it's not a surprise. Even though it's only Thursday as we record this, I'm pretty sure we can congratulate David Kincannon for winning the last episode for 2010 Ring of Honor, because right now he is winning by a lot. By, like, at least 80%. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, currently, David has 77% of the vote 
Oh, he won. Decker has 19, and I have four. So, make sure you check that out. Uh, next week, Kevin the Mangram, continuing with my uh, Rivals tour here. <laughs> this week it's you, next week it's Kevin. Um, I think that's really all the Rivals I've had. Um, go to ckccradio.com to hear all of the shows we have here on the network. Uh, thanks to Chris O'Mealy for hosting us um, between myself and the A-Show. Uh, you can also check out soon-to-be-named-network.com. A lot of our friends have shows there. You can check out the Hooligans of Pops with the previously mentioned Coach Skull, a.k.a. Irish Kev, and his buddy Rick. You can check out the Not Another Sports podcast with Jason and David. Jason also is the co-host of the Pop, or excuse me, the Punk Popcast, which has had one or two episodes. Uh, we'll talk about Kevin's show next week called the Brain Wreck Podcast. And the IWEP Network has all their stuff. Check them out. And I think that's everything. Also, if you go to independentwrestling.tv, if you use the code word numbers as a first-time subscriber, there is no giveaway, there's no benefit, but it lets jerry.tv know that you came from our show. So thank you for that. Sean, thank you for doing this. This has been so much fun. Oh, this has been awesome, man. I've I've had a great time. It was fun kind of reminiscing about some of these things. And, you know, I just, I just love talking with you, Maddie. I love you, brother. <laughs> Likewise, uh, all of the above. <laughs> um, I know you love the dog more than myself, so that's okay. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, though, like, I mean, it's, she's, she's great. And come on, you've, you've met Oliver. Most people love him more than they love me. So, like. Oh, I'll, Oliver is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, Oliver, Oliver's over, brother. Oliver is, uh, he, he is pretty much like, he's universally beloved. Like, it's just, you, you know, like, you know how it is with Venus. You have a really good dog and just, they're awesome. Like, it's, we, it's, we, um, we both lucked out that we were able to adopt such good dogs. And speaking of adopting dogs or adopting pets in general, you sell shirts. Yes. But you don't make any money off of it. Let's talk about that real quick. Oh, yeah. I really forgot to mention that. Um, I do have a pro wrestling tease store, which is pro wrestling Um, and flat, like backwards forward slash be Sean Calvin. Um, and I sell, I just have the one shirt up there. I'm going to get another shirt probably sometime soon. I, you know, like, Whatever money I get from Pro Wrestling Tees, I donate to the Luzerne County SPCA. I I don't keep any of the money from it. I have stickers that I sell at shows that goes to the Luzerne County SPCA. I'm very passionate about, like, I love animals, and I love the Luzerne County SPCA. That's where Oliver came from, so I'm super big on them. So if you buy a shirt from me or you buy stickers from me at a show, that's where the money goes, or, like, you know, if you just want to look them up and make a donation to them, like, go for it. That's awesome. Make a donation. Like, let me know. Like, tag me. Make a donation to the Luzerne County SPCA. Tag me on social media when you do so. And when I see you at a show, I'll give you some stickers for free. They are good people down there. Uh, that's where Venus came from. One of our cats, Tinkerbell, came from the SPCA. Um, they do great things down there. So... 
Um, we're, we're very, we're very supportive of our local SPCA here in Luzerne County. Um, all of us, like all of us locally here. Um, everyone that you're listening to right now. Uh, I mean, I know that there are pet supplies that we have purchased that like didn't work out that we just go and we donate to them. Uh, so they can try to make some extra money for, to help the pets there and help every pet find a home. And we're so lucky that we found Venus there. And you're so lucky that you found Oliver there. Like, um, they're good people doing good things. Yeah, absolutely. Amazing organization. Like, go on their website. They have a list of things they need donated. I just actually, last weekend, dropped off a bunch of towels and blankets as part of a donation. They always need some kind of supplies, money, just Anything to help out. They're an amazing organization. They do great work. And again, like our dogs have come from there and his cat has come from there. They're just such an amazing organization. And I will always support them and shout them out and just, just support them guys. I love animals. <laughs> Absolutely. So with that said, again, Sean, thank you for joining. Uh, this has been By the Numbers on CKCC Radio. I'll see you next week with Decker and Kevin the Man Graham for the A-Show. We are the glory boys. 